What's the name of that movie that came out last year about the black boyfriend and girlfriend that accidentally kill a cop and go on the uh, run? Queen <laughs> and Slim. Queen and Slim. Queen oh, and Slim. Uh, a movie yeah. I saw in the theater, which wow, contains which contains one of the top five most bonkers sequences I have ever seen in a movie. Shit you not. Um, all right. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll put a time code in the description. Spoilers for <laughs> yeah, last year's I need Queen, to know what this Queen is. and Slim. Um, so Queen and Slim is about Daniel Kaluuya um, and uh, 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 the lead actor, the the, it's not the about lead, him, but he's in it. <laughs> the actor Daniel Kaluuya. I just, I'm, I'm setting the table here, right? I'm, I'm right, doing, sorry. I'm Come doing on. some build up here. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm um, sorry. So, so da- a- actor Daniel Kaluuya's character, uh, let's call him Slim, uh, is on a date with first date with. Uh, uh, the female lead who is a first-time actor. Her name escapes me, uh, but let's call her Queen, right? So they're on a first date. It doesn't go very well. He's like very Christian, and that's very off-putting to her. They just they just don't have a real like relationship. They're mm-hmm. on their way home. They're pulled over by a cop. These it es- and it says a lot about contemporary society. Is that like the two biggest shocks? in the cinema of the last, like, three... Like, the three most suspenseful moments in a movie of the last, like, five years all feature cops showing up around black people. See, also, get out. <laughs> but, uh, so, so this escalates as it does, uh, and to defend her, essentially, Slim shoots the cop. It's caught on the dash cam footage. They go on the run. Uh, it becomes like a nationwide manhunt. They become uh, celebrities to a certain extent, like a Bonnie and Clyde sort of situation. That's what it's uh, compared to. But it's not a great uh, analog because they are not bank robbers going town to town committing crimes. They are just fleeing the law for self-defense. Um, and, and the entire time they're just like still not getting along. And we get to a sequence of this movie after about an hour of these two not being into each other, showing, uh, you know, not expressing themselves physically with one another. These two get down to business in a car and it is like full ass. You don't know how there is not actual penetration taking place. Just one of the most uh gratuitous fucking sexual scenes i have ever seen committed to film this is intercut with a young boy that they had met at a mechanic uh the mechanic was black and he doesn't support what queen and slim are doing but his son really does and his son shows up to a uh local race riot uh, that is the only uh, way to quantify what is happening. It's just a small town and a race riot has broken out because of Queen and Slim's, like, it's directly tied to their status as, like, criminal icons. The the way uh-huh. the movie frames these, like, things uh, sparking up nationwide. This kid uh, goes up to the front line and pulls a gun on a police officer. The police officer takes off his mask. It's a black man. And he says, kid, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt anyone. Please go home. And the kid shoots this cop point blank in the face. And it is timed exactly to the frame with Daniel Kaluuya coming. It is timed to the the implication of the film is that these two acts 
are tied together. Him coming inside a woman and this boy shooting a cop in the head. Anyway, that's what happens in the movie Queen and Slim. I'm wildly confused. As well, you should be. Uh, you know? I was like, so far this sounds wild, and then you said the last bit, and I was like, what? Uh-huh. And it like shook me. Um, I didn't. I didn't like the film overall. There were parts of it I really enjoyed, uh, but I think they squandered what is kind of like an A plus premise. Um, and, and just didn't make it a particularly good movie out of it. But that sequence will stick with me to my dying day. If I <laughs> develop, sure. so, if a flesh-eating virus takes my brain, that will be the last thing to go. It is forever <laughs> ingrained inside of He's me. Just burning. Yeah, yeah. Wow. so I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> wow. uh, but I'm, now you I'm, know I'm a little so bit intrigued. more about Queen and Slim. I mean, so if it shows I'll up on... more about Queen and Slim. <laughs> Uh, if, you know, if it shows up on it's some streaming service. Podcast community. How did we get here? I don't understand. <laughs> yes. you act like this isn't fucking normal. This know, isn't par this, for this the course. It just feels different. I don't know how to explain it. It just feels different. <laughs> it's because it feels... I've never seen Kevin so vehemently upset at what he saw like in a I'm, thing that had like total forbearance dr- on the actual thing. You brought us to this point. I saw it, like, basically a calendar year ago at this point, and I still, I remember every frame this of is, that sequence. And this is the first time someone's let you talk about it. <laughs> Since, like, the, I think I, I think... And a therapist. <laughs> I go to, I go to film, I go to, I go to, like, all my holiday parties are with a bunch of, like, film dorks. So, like, the last time I spoke about this was probably at a Christmas party. Um, and, and I just, it all came flooding back when someone mentioned Queen and Slim. Oh, this is Advanced Community Studies, a podcast about the American television comedy community. Uh, I, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. Um, oh God, everything about Queen and Slim just drove a hundred percent of community quotes right from my brain. Yeah, you dumped, you you strategically dumped everything from the back of my head. (laughs) I've flushed like I've forgotten so many important details but I remember everything about (laughs) Queen and Slim can't remember what you ate for dinner three nights ago but you're like this one movie oh I'll tell you about it Oh boy, uh, yeah, I'll I can I can describe it to you uh, in in intimate detail. I'm afraid. Uh, I'm I'm TV's Kevin Lanigan, and I believe that humankind need not be governed. <laughs> That's what I got for you. <laughs> I I literally don't even have a quote. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay. I use they them pronouns, and uh, I just fucking I can't I can't. I might have I... ruined this podcast. <laughs> Look, we spent like 20 something minutes talking about like campy fucking superhero movies and we decided no there's been enough superhero content on this show as is you know what we're gonna do instead we're gonna spend the first 20 some odd minutes talking about a very very strange scene and 
I can't. I can't. In, in um, Queen and Slim, a movie not a ton of people saw. Right. Uh, but I, I, you know, the the superhero thing, it's starting to become like the Harry Potter thing for me. It's like, read another book. Uh, but uh, the Queen and Slim... We were talking uh, about DC this time for like the first time maybe ever. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. You know my name. You know my pronouns. I don't have a quote for you because I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> Caleb? <laughs> I'm the daddy host, and as Jace has just said, my Christian name is Caleb, though I do not go to church. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's, oh, that's going to be on my tombstone. Um, no, I do not go to church. <laughs> um, the last the last week of my life has been crazy, raising a three-year-old at home, and I am trying to find a graceful way to add this quote, so I'm going to say it could have been... <laughs> nope, it's too dark. It's too dark. I was gonna say it takes raising a kid takes time, gasoline, and matches, and that's just really fucking dark. Oh no! Oh no, um, Daddy! Especially, oh. especially because uh, we, you know, we have your upcoming uh, paternity leave on the sketch, You know, like this round two is a coming. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Kids from age zero to two and a half are really fucking easy. They can't really do much. Yeah, apparently simple. when they turn three, they make a deal with Satan, uh, and they're like, "Yo, um, I'm gonna just fuck shit up." And it's like, "Cool." Oh, you're right. in the terrible teens now, aren't you? No, my daughter's a three-nager, which I've dreams. said enough that I, <laughs> which I've said enough that the irony and awfulness of saying it has worn off of like I've become accustomed to the awful taste that is in my mouth after I say it. My the dad jokes are so deep within me that I've got some I'm saving. I'm re- I've realized this week. Ooh, like wow. eventually when I get you know the reserve. when I uh, when we're able to go outside more and I'm able to get like more in shape and relax, I'm gonna say it's my HD re-release, which is my <laughs> hot dad my hot dad re-release. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's exquisite. Good. You folks get to hear about that early, but that will oh, be wow. used on people a lot later um, in my life. Preview. <laughs> I like a sneak peek. Uh, I appreciate it. Thanks, thanks Comic Con. The um the saving grace of my fitness currently is that we just got like a hundred and fifty dollar exercise bike in the living room right in front of the TV. So, you know, I just I just get right off work. I hop on the bike and I'm like, uh, where was I in Thor Ragnarok? 30 minutes in. Sweet. Gonna do another 30 minutes of Thor Ragnarok. Goes by instantaneously. Uh, oh, yeah. to, oh, today we started Casino Royale. Oh, it's the best strategy I've ever come up with. You know, and if you do like... The getting a workout uh, in? Yeah. Yeah, and like I used to for like the last, I don't know, five or so months, I would get off work and start drinking and that believe it or not had sort of an adverse effect on my body and physical health and what? even after now you know a week of the exercise bike being in the house i feel a hundred times better <laughs> i just feel so renewed because uh, it used to be like oh i'm off work sweet uh drink witcher three or whatever game i'm in the middle of uh, and and now we're really we're making some progress here. Casino Royale yeah. uh, just dropped on Netflix, so that's the next one. That's our project, babe. Yeah, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace left left HBO for Netflix. Three short workouts of Casino Royale, baby. Uh, <laughs> Casino, Royale very good. One. Casino Royale, Casino Royale is very good. 
good. Is uh, the good one. Yeah, it's uh, it's an excellent uh, film. the good one. There's only one good one. The only good <laughs> I one. Like, I hey, like you know, Skyfall, but it's got its problems. Um, I like Skyfall. I thought it was like completely enjoyable when I saw it in theaters in 2012, and I just haven't had the desire to like go back. Except to like watch that dang cinematography. It's a beautiful film. <laughs> it's a beautiful it's fucking film. But Casino Royale is like it took them twenty tries to make a good bond, but they like nailed it with Casino Royale. They like really fucking yeah. nailed it. It's really good. It's I'm really just, good. I am nowhere near committed even remotely enough to to James Bond to even start. I just don't. Casino Royale is the only one. Like just start that. With Daniel Craig. That's yeah. that. Just watch yeah. those. No, I, it's okay. I think it's I also seen, okay though, if I was you also never watched when they came out. <laughs> it's also uh, totally fine if you Casino, never do. Casino Royale dropped in 06. Uh, I don't honestly okay. know 06, how old I was you 11. are. Yeah, I so probably not probably not, no the <laughs> probably not the target demo. Uh, but uh, uh, would recommend is uh, essentially where we're going to end up here. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Uh, oh, uh, just before we segue into tonight's episodes, um, I did. I, I spent my dinner this evening watching the Gillian Jacobs directorial collection. I watched all of her directorial. I think they're interesting. I I think we have an interesting filmmaker on our hands. Which, which what are some examples? I didn't even realize she had directorial. So she has one on the horizon, uh, which is a Disney plus original. Uh, mm-hmm. call, she's doing an episode of Marvel 616 and talking about women in and behind comic books, which sure, that's exactly my shit. Sounds excellent. Uh, preceding that, you have uh, a a 2015 uh, documentary short called Queen of Code, uh, currently available for free and legal on Vimeo, um, about uh, a a woman whose name escapes me. I do apologize. Uh, But uh, she was a huge... She was the person who, through her contacts with the Navy made it so that we could communicate with computers in the English language. We didn't have to learn complex mathematical formulas to communicate with computers. We could make uh, speaking with computers a common language. Uh, and and she was pulling that off. It's like 15 minutes. Really well cut. Oh, the Queen of Code? Oh, Queen of Code. Really well cut. Yeah. Really well put together. Where is that on? Uh, Vimeo, for but totally for free and legal. Uh, I've linked to it on our Twitter recently. If you earlier today, if you wanna if you wanna check that out. Sorry, no, I just realized this. You said this is this is Gillian Jacobs. Yeah, she directed that in twenty. So the year so community am ended. I just now she figuring came, out that she's a huge fucking nerd. Yeah, she's a big dork. Uh, which you which you should fucking do. Awesome. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, yeah. So she directed that, which is it's a really well cut, well edited doc. And I'm very particular about, like, the way that documentaries are, are put together. And she's really, really skilled at it. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, and then she did she did a, a horror short. It's like 10 minutes starring oh, Danny Pudi. Danny Pudi is in no it. No shit. And it was, it's called The Curator, available free and legal on YouTube. I linked to that on our Twitter as well. Um, and I think, you know... There's something there. I think she's probably, as a fiction director, her tastes would probably lie better with, like, a family drama. But it was an interesting enough, like, horror short for being, like, a ten-minute short. Uh, there, were, She has a really good, like, natural understanding of how to frame things, where to place important objects, which sounds like a, like using faint praise. But that's the really basic shit that so many people fuck up. 
and I could follow everything that was happening in this short. Um, so I'd recommend that again, like ten minutes for <laughs> that free. That is the weirdest compliment. I knew what was going on, so but, good job. But how many fucking <laughs> horror movies have you watched where you're like, "What the fuck is? What's going on? What's happening? Who is this?" Um, and and I I am always really in favor of praising like when someone has the fucking fundamentals down, and I feel like I'm in good hands. Like, someone that knows what they're doing. And I'm excited to see where her uh, directorial career goes from here. I've, uh, I don't know about long said, but one of my weird ideas is that the community movie should be essentially in four parts. And the Russo brothers should do one part. Donald Glover should do another part. Alison Brie should do another part. And Gilly should do another part. And Has Alison directed stuff? Uh, episodes of Glow, yeah. And they're like really oh, wow, fucking good right. episodes of Glow. Like she's yeah, she's sure. really good at it. And I I don't like no one would back that movie going that way, but I think we would get a very interesting movie out of it. <laughs> Cuz those are I guess five interesting directors with different perspectives. And I would like to very see what they could directors. bring to it. Um, we haven't talked about Atlanta on this show, have we yet? Not we haven't really even okay, at all. In this episode we <laughs> haven't, haven't even talked finished about the first the- season of Atlanta. For real? Yeah, I lost my Hulu membership when it was first out and just haven't had time to go back to it yet. I understand. It's, it's, I, I haven't seen the second season, but it's very, it's very phenomenal. good. It's really, it's really good shit. I watched like the first, I think the last episode I watched was like the third or fourth episode when he tries to take his, he tries to take his girl to dinner and he has to ask the waiter like how much the market price is on the thing that she wants. Yeah. And he's like, man, you broke, nigga. <laughs> it's like, ooh. I've been there. I know what that's like, though. (laughs) Uh, He did some really exciting. It's 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 like okay. It's like what Twin Peaks wishes it was. Oh shit! Fucking boom! (laughs) (laughs) Just shooting, just fucking putting two between the eyes of fucking David Lynch. But it's like (laughs) there is something. There was something just like. I, I can't put my finger. I like Twin Peaks. It sounds like you don't like Twin Peaks. I it really do did. Like Twin Peaks. <laughs> really <laughs> did. I do like Twin Peaks, but like Atlanta takes that same kind of just like surreal. What the fuck is going on? But also, I know exactly what's going on. It just it just crushes it. It's just so good. I love it for sure. But we should probably at some point talk about the episodes. <laughs> No, I think I think it's time. I think I think we've uh, na- nicely segued into that. Uh, so so let us begin with season two, episode seventeen. We're cruising, y'all. We're cruising. Uh, intro to political science, directed by Jay Shandrashekar, written by Adam County, uh, with the imminent arrival of Vice President Joe Biden. Greendale must elect a student government president, and so they have themselves a little election. Uh, Also, Abed has a sudden burst of compatibility with a woman we'll never see again, uh, to quote Jeff Winger. And, uh, boy, we've talked about this idea a few times before, but boy, this is an episode that hit different in 2020. (laughs) Boy, this one do hit a little different than it did in 2011. The whole time I was like, this episode was great. Oh. Oh, God. I, w- I hate how relevant this is. Just oh, leave me alone. Yeah. The, the thing that does it for me is how Joe Biden went from a beloved figure at the time to a, a, a confusing figure right now. 
Think of the difference well, at the between same time, even... At the same time, Dan Harmon writes Joe Biden as like a yawning, farting doofus in a, in a limo. Right, but there was, that was... The thing is, when 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 Harmon... When Harmon ah, wrote him like that when this episode came out, it was to be like, haha, there's this guy that we all love. We can poke fun at him because there's a general consensus of who he is. And right now, there's just such a different kind of context around... Uh-huh. His presence that, like, when you do that, it just. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Caleb just, like, disappeared and then reappeared. It just totally caught me off guard. I left the call for some reason. I hit a keystroke, a series of keystrokes, and it was like, peace. And I was like, the fuck? Sorry, please carry no, on. Yeah, it's just, I'm it's a distraction. Really, it's just really odd looking at it now and being like, oh, God. This is just like the the way what that we thought about this man is just very different than the way that we did when. This I mean, at, at least here he's uh, a buffoon. You know, it reminds me a lot of <laughs> Forgive Me, how George W. Bush is portrayed in the first Transformers movie, where he's yeah. like always off screen and eating Hostess cakes. <laughs> he's like, Wait, oh man, I'm fr- going to rewatch the first Transformers. No, movie? absolutely, you don't. <laughs> Uh, but there's a scene. What the fuck are you saying? No. But there, it is the only decent one. So if you have to rewatch one Transformers movie, I guess do that one. Uh, but there's a scene no, that takes the place. One's, the third one's better. Okay. Uh, there is a there's a scene that takes place on board Air Force. I didn't see the third one. I stopped at the second. I was like, I cannot with this anymore. But the first one, I remember being kind of all right. I'm sure it's horribly jingoistic in ways I don't remember. But. There's a scene that takes place on Air Force One, and the little skittery robot, the one who, the bleeble blobble, you know, like, I'm a little guy, I talk in bleep blop language, um, he sneaks on board Air Force One, and we see George Bush, like, really occupied with, um, his, his ho-hos. <laughs> He's eating some hostess cake ho-hos. Uh, oh. and we just see, like, his socks, and, like, I think him framed from the back. Uh, so that's that's all I got for you. It just was really reminiscent to my. I don't remember that at all. You, they, you, how can you remember moment. anything that happens in Transformers? Like, there's a scene in that movie where Bumblebee pees on John Turturro. Like, how can you remember anything that happens in that movie? Wait, is that yeah? It's that fucking. One or does he pee? He pees on John Malkovich. No, too. he pees. Oh well, he definitely pees on John Turturro. Uh, <laughs> and Optimus Prime says. Bumblebee, stop lubricating the man. (laughs) (laughs) So that's our recap of Transformers 1, directed by Michael Bay uh, from 2007. Are you a ladies' man? 317. That's the other one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a a good bit. Uh, But intro to political science. I I can't remember how directly Harmon was specifically commenting on the uh, the most recent election would have been Obama McCain. It is interesting that the election does come down between a peppy, youthful black man and an old, wrinkled, raisin white man. And Can I-, I say that that was the first comment I wanted to make about why this episode depressed me? Is that it was it was just. It was a young person that I I like and an old person I hate, and they both had dumbass stances. It was pop, pop, and and I was like, cool politics. I think (laughs) it's apropos that South Park wins this, because this reminds me so much of South Park's politics, that, like, the worst politics you could have is caring about anything. 
it, nobody means love... anything. And and the best <laughs> that is the South Park ethos is that the best I thing you could do is not care, the man. The strongest takeaway for me is the fact that when 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 South Park wins, the dean makes it very clear that this is not the first time that South Park has won a school <laughs> election. And to election. me, it's, it's 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 on par with just it happens in so many movies and TV shows where just the punchline is again right it's just and everybody uh, laughs yeah you know but like that moment is just to me it's like look no no matter what happens right it's the fun something is not working like something it's just that's that's the kind of most profound element to me it's just like look this is all bullshit you know this episode is fine it's not a favorite it's not a least favorite it's gonna be like right in the middle of our rankings i think at least for me but there there is some incisive political comedy hidden in here it's just not with magnitude and leonard like jeff coming in and being the the old fogey who just wants to put down the young idealistic newcomer and says nonsense phrases like he he just this is america yeah he just reverses his words i think 9-11 was bad and i think freedom is a little better than that. And like <laughs> I, do you think Greendale is dirty? It's it, there is I think a lot of incisive political comedy in Jeff Winger's role in this episode. But I think also in Annie's role, I think Annie also plays a really decisive perspective on on the corruptive corrosive nature of political system. Like Annie kind of exists in this world where she's good intention from the top and quickly because of the presence of Jeff Winger, right? The folks like that, career politicians is what he's representing. Because of their sheer existence, he forces her into a position where it's no longer about the issues, it's about winning. And that is Mm -hmm. the the key core flaw in like the structure. It's, we've refined ourselves into a two-party structure. This is outside of the show, but like (laughs) two-party structure that, you know, essentially relies on the idea of you have to win. Right. And it's yeah. not about getting stuff done and it becomes this whole thing. And that's star- I I think I'd like to think I'm hopeful, dare I say it, that that's starting to sort of crumble. Fucking ridiculous. <laughs> sure. I have a little bit of pushback against that only in that, like, I don't disagree with you. I just feel like Annie being the one that would mudsling feels so out of character and wrong. And, like, I get it. It's supposed to be Jeff pushing her to do it. But, like, as a metaphor, I think it falls a little flat because most oftentimes the idealists that try to fix or want to actually change things get mud slung at them and refuse to play ball and therefore can't field a team. And, like, we've seen that a lot out of idealistic politicians that are like, let's change things. And then people are like, you're fucking dancing as a senator, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? That that's what yeah. we're that's what we're gonna point out now. Um, I don't and think so it's like characteristic for Annie to do that though. I think that that perfectly fits into Annie's like yeah, overachiever. Because Annie, whenever Annie does make these massive mistakes, and let's face it, she does. Pretty, it's when she's trying, frequently. yeah, pretty frequently. Yeah. It's when she's trying desperately to be the best, right? Mm-hmm. She takes the whole um. She takes the uh, model UN thing way out of hand. Oh my and God. It takes, and it, and it no, takes... that's the beginning of season three. Okay, that's what I thought. We're, we're right on yeah, it, though. We we're got, a yeah, few we weeks away. Yeah. And it yeah, takes, and it takes 
it takes like what is it, it takes like Abed and and um Troy. I freaking Troy basically to be like to be to bring a sense of levity to it and then she goes oh this is so stupid right uh-huh. but like for her to get caught up in the idea she's like her ideals get lost that is something that we're only now starting to because look with the newer movements right with like AOC you know like the squad AOC Rashida Tlaib you know Ilan Omar, like mm-hmm. these these folks, these are the ones that are going like, hey, here's the deal. We are going for what we want and we're going to kind of push back against even our own party. Yeah. And this is it's it's a fairly new phenomenon to be reaching this kind of uh, of uh, mainstream success. I, I hesitate no, to yeah, say yeah. I, yeah, I think you're but you're like. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so that that to me, if we look at the time period that this was made, that is a perfect representation of I, 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 maybe it's the Democratic Party. Maybe it's just, you know, political parties in general. Like, it doesn't matter what your perspective on good politics is or good policy, rather, because politics itself is its own thing. But, like, it's so easy to get caught up in the system when you're passionate about doing something and you believe something, it's really easy to get caught up in trying to get that done no matter what. And when you're in a toxic system, it's damn near impossible to exist within that system and subvert the system simultaneously. Absolutely. And that's, that's something that was a really great commentary um, then and is still a really great commentary now. It, it just it, – we have – slight outliers you know they're they're not extreme outliers but you know it's we're starting to see some sort of shift but that's also because we're (laughs) facing fascism yay yeah as as much as i'm still like lukewarm on this episode annie's story makes a lot of sense to me right she she the student council the student government uh position is opened up she runs forward immediately because she wants to make effective change. She wants to get the mold out of the East stairwell. She wants to find justice for the ass crack bandit. Like she has ideas that she wants to get pushed across. Wait, Her, is this the first time we hear of the ass crack bandit? This is the first. And I don't <laughs> think it comes up again until bad boy comes back in season five. Uh, it's amazing. This show is fucking bizarre. Uh, but she, she shows up. Her her closest confidant, Jeff Winger, fails her immediately. Immediately. Like, he he uh, screws her over regarding the flyers. <laughs> he takes the duct tape and just does the whole Incredible pad. bit. He doesn't dump it in the recycling bin. He tapes the whole pad to the wall. Incredible bit by Jeff Winger. Also, yeah. I really right love there. that he's playing pool with some random woman there's just a woman holding the other pool cue she is not anybody she's not shirley she's not britta she's nobody and it's very funny to me when we walk in on (laughs) scenes with the main cast and just fucking extras annie gets up there she does her speech she gets the great read off the applause meter and then jeff comes in again to specifically undermine her and then the voting block lets her down as they turn on her ideals when some smooth-talking lawyer shows up to to steal the show. And I think it is a problem with the America's political system that so many of our political figures are fucking lawyers before they are politicians. And so that system right. fails her. She gets caught up in a dirty system and 
quits and and says i'm done with this and and the system also fails britta because now i'm a parody of myself and i have to mention britta at all times that like she gets on stage (laughs) she says mankind need not be governed you know we can think for ourselves and nothing the crowd is not receptive to it because what they want more than anything is the i can have a beer with him politician and it 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 fails all of them and there is some insightful commentary in there i just wish we got more i wish they would just commit to it whole hog i wish they would just go to know what was what what channel did this air on originally NBC. This was, this was NBC. Oh, well, it's okay. So it's NBC, right? Yeah. You can't, like, you, it's, look, NBC has their political commentary. Mm-hmm. And and at this same time, like, a contemporary of Community, 30 Rock is making its own, you know, it's 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 throwing a lot of fucking cabbage at everybody, right? Because you have sure. Jack Donaghy, yeah. the uber Republican, you have all of these, like, crunchy hippie liberals. Like, there's... They are, Liz Lemon, the the neoliberal just mess, right? Like it's they no, they totally do that. They got that, but also like what? I mean, you can't go too hard in because then you take away SNL's bread and butter, right? And then like the contemporary of another contemporary is fucking Parks and Rec, who like their main character Literally the idolizes Joe Biden. Joe Biden yeah. appears on the show as himself as like a platonic ideal of what men are capable of being is joe biden uh and it's it's i don't know it's it's an interesting thing to try and wade through like nbc's politics in 2011 i mean to me it just kind of reflects the uh, the innate relationship especially at that period with celebrity and the political system you know mm-hmm. like it's it's um and we can even reflect on it in just like the way things are. Like, we are we exist in a democracy, yet somehow where the the fu- the functionality, the ideal is that anybody can be president. But we also exist in a country that has political dynasties, right? We've got the Bushes, we've got the Kennedys, we've got the Clintons. These are families, right? Yeah. This is that's a that's a bizarre concept. If we really grapple with that, that's bizarre, right? Yeah, it's we this have weird fam- monarchy. You know, it's, like, it's because the entire yeah, thats how the world's because, worked for like millennia. Sure, but it's—it's it's bizarre. It's, it's not. I shouldn't in say it's theory, bizarre because we're not supposed sense. to work like that. Like, but it, in it is exactly—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a source of cognitive dissonance to simultaneously hold the ideals in your head that America is about anybody can be the president, anybody can get elected. It's about the people. We, the people, are the go- are the governing body. The people are the ones with power. Right. We choose there, and then to simultaneously exist with dynasties, right? Where it's not us, the people. It's right. these yeah. specific families that have established power within themselves it's the wealthy it's the elite you know whether it's the left or the right which you know i hesitate to say that we even have a fucking left in this country but that's a different conversation entirely the point is it's it's a bunch of cognitive dissonance and i think that's also what this episode does really well is it puts you in this constant state of cognitive dissonance because it's like you're like oh because like annie she's the first one to start slinging right Right, like, Jeff throws some verbal barbs, and then Annie dredges up, like, <laughs> this this shameful dance video from Jeff's past, right. which it and was oddly prescient of, like, future <laughs> political things that would happen. Right. Yeah, who would, who would have thought that that would be how we would 
Who would have thought? Yeah. Uh, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If AOC becomes president, I will apply to be in the Secret Service. That is like the only politician that I will like go to the go to bat for. <laughs> Although speaking of Secret Service, we haven't even mentioned my favorite plot line of this episode. So oh my god! Of it and the Secret it's Service woman is so, so delightful. I love you it. You always have another thing going on in the background? Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this features uh, Eliza Coop. She only has one appearance on Community. I wish we had gotten this character some more. It would have been I hard to want... contrive, but I love Eliza Coop. Because at this Bring point... Bring back for the movie. Absolutely. At this point, she's Bring fresh off here. Scrubs. Uh, and then she's transitioning to Happy Endings, which shoots on the same fucking studio lot as Community. Like, they are neighbors. They use some of the same sets. Eh, just bring her back. Come on. You can figure it out. Come on. Come on. Uh, anyway, we want it. We all want it. It's delightful. We're all for it. I love... I think I like something Abed really and, pleasing. And sure. Yeah, I mean, well, look. I think Abed is the only one where every time he has a partner, I'm like, I like her. Like every every yeah, time sure. it's good. Every time, every time it's, it's good. good. Jeff, I'm like, oh, God, you know? Right. Rita, you're like, why? Troy, you're just like, I'm confused. Are you okay? Abed, I'm like, I like this. I like this. When he when he gets into the relationship. She puts out her scooter when she leaves. Well, that was the, and that's only <laughs> to, like, show you Brie Larson. Yeah, that's right, only right, to show you right. Brie Larson. And I love, I love the deaf girl in season five that he, like, starts learning sign language for. Oh, she's she's and great. And then Brita fucking. Yeah, ruins it. Turns uh, her on him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's good. I do like the Brie Larson. I mean, it's only two episodes, but I like the Brie Larson dynamic that happens in those two episodes. Unfortunately, they cast Brie Larson as she was exploding. Like, at the, the exact last possible time you could get Brie Larson to do one episode of your sitcom, and then she just explodes, <laughs> and it's all over. Yeah, sure. Uh, but it was it was good. Um, and, uh, you know, anyway, this episode's fine. Interesting it's, it's Pierce stuff, sweet I guess. At the end of it, with just with, with Abed uh, leaning into the lampshade to communicate. It's nice. I, just like talking into the bug. It's hilarious, but also brilliant. Also, a great, very subtle hidden nod to the fact it's like, look, the FBI is fucking listening to you, all right? Just get used <laughs> to it. Right. Uh, it, what are you looking for? You know, fertilizer, PVC piping. Uh, you don't have any. Do you wish I did? Oh, it's so, ah, man. Man. Just, <laughs> and then the announcement he makes on the, I love, I also, y'all know me, I love Troy and Ovid, I love their relationship. The newscasting thing, that All good. bit that they do, precious. It is fabulous. Can I get another oh, apple God. juice? Freshly squeezed this time, or so help me God, Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> We get to see a really exciting, like, whenever I I love when we get to see Troy play D.Va. It is one of my favorite things. It doesn't happen frequently, but when it does, it is chef's kiss. And this is probably (laughs) one of the best moments of it in the entire series. It's really good. Uh, The the polls are showing a 50-50 split on Greendale's campus between Jeff and Annie. Uh, Keep in mind, this has a 98% margin for error. Also, we don't know how to do margins of error. We asked two people in a vending machine. (laughs) It's all good. That's the the best bit. Is that, like, I, I love that we're at this point in the show where we can just cut away to Troy and Abed, and it's going to be funny anytime. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you set these two it characters up. Matter. It's going to be good, and I I love it. I respect it. Uh, shall we segue to the next epi? Are we Are we tapped out on this one? 
Lance. <laughs> All right. Lettuce, tomato, bacon. Season two, episode 18, Custody Law and Eastern European Diplomacy. Directed by Anthony Russo, written by Andy Bobro. Shirley asked Jeff to uh, have Chang sign away his parental rights to his possible baby. At the same time, uh, Troy and Abed make a new Eastern European friend that Britta immediately tries to bone. Uh, and it doesn't work out for anyone because somebody's a war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I was giggling that entire time, because <laughs> right before he started listening into it, Caleb had this moment of just, like, it looked like he, like, left this planet and was Yeah, it was desperate. because you said lettuce, tomato, and bacon, and I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a BLT, baby. Nothing wrong no, with it. No, there's not, but when you use the first, part, first ingredient as a segue... <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, looked, it made my spirit just uh God, stop. It like you were like I need. It was like it was like someone on a rock climbing wall that has no fucking clue where the next <laughs> foothold is. You were like, where am I? How do I get onto solid ground? See, you're correct. I was on a rock climbing wall, but what I was looking for was just my fucking exit, and I couldn't <laughs> find. I couldn't um, kill myself fast enough, so I guess I'm stuck here. This uh, is so fucking dark. Holy shit. Whoa. Welcome to 2020, where it wow. only gets darker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so This is a great episode, though. Dark, this is not about a guy that makes hats from babies. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Can we shout out the best bit in this episode right away? Uh, which is Britta saying, what guys have I ruined for you? And trying up and listing off like 10 dudes in perfect sync. Little Kyle, Tall Kyle, Jeff. I haven't ruined Jeff. Oh, Jeff Nipple Play Winger? No, he's fine. We still hang out with him all the time. <laughs> Best bit of the whole episode. I Also, uh, her, her, her trying to sing um, Britney Spears. Christina Aguilera's I'm a Genie in a Bottle. <laughs> <laughs> hit me with your genie bottle run it all over me <laughs> Troy's like I'm uncomfortable <laughs> uh, it's I, a great episode this, oh, I, I love this book I love this B plot I have some notes on the A plot but the B plot no notes I wish we had gotten more of like Brita ruining Troy and Abed's good times like this is fertile ground that we don't tap. Uh, that it's right. it, it's so uh, funny. You know, shout out guest star Enver Jokaj, uh, the only guy to play like two roles in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, it's true. Wait, what? Who'd... Yes, he. He's a cop. We talked about this last episode. Yeah. I think he's a cop in Avengers One. Yeah. Uh, he's a young cop with an older cop when the they're fighting in New York, and then Cap's like, "Go do this." And the guy's like, why should I listen to you? And then Chitauri come down and he kills him. And then the old cop who was like, why should I listen to you? He's like, what? And turns and says exactly what Cap said. Uh, he's the cop standing next to that guy. And then I don't know the other one. But he is, uh, he was a main cat. He was the primary love interest for Peggy Carter on Marvel's Agent Carter. Oh, right. Um, which was a good little show uh especially the second season where they figured out that they were an action comedy once they were allowed to do that and didn't have to fit like the 
spy espionage tone. Um, it's really good. Also, Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter is uh, a really good performance in a really good part. Um, yeah, it's great. And you have like Dominic Cooper as young Howard Stark. Uh, yep. You have the yeah. original uh, 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 Jarvis. It was a great little show. I think it's not streaming anywhere. Wait, is the Jarvis currently. that shows up in Endgame the Jarvis in that From show? From the TV show. I was what? so okay. happy, dude. That was yeah, the it's... only thing. Okay, there were, there were two things in Endgame that made me fangirl harder than seeing uh, Jarvis show up. Uh, one was Yvette Nicole Brown showing up, uh, uh-huh. and the second was Thor picking up two hammers. Two hammers! <laughs> he had two of okay. them! Wait, uh, when did he pick up two hammers? In the final fight somewhere. I think before, oh, yeah. before Cap gets, Gilder. yeah, before oh, Cap yeah. gets one hammer, Thor gets two hammers. Um, and it's a good bit. It's a it's good, a good bit. bit. Uh, that's that's uh, shortly followed with him going no 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 give me that one that one's mine yeah something like that yeah uh, I have I've only seen Endgame <laughs> once the, and it was over a year ago you keep but, a small one. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it was good um anyway good bit uh but yeah I had and, no idea that he was uh I need to watch Agent Carter apparently yeah I know watch Agent Carter. Is it on Disney Plus? That show got canceled. Did it but... finally make it to Disney Plus? Because like, okay, I thought y'all. It was, I Agents thought it was of Shield got like eight seasons, and I I have nothing specifically against Agents of Shield, but Peggy Carter was by far the superior show. <laughs> was like yeah. leaps and bounds ahead. Uh, and Enver Jokaj was really charming as he was like he was either a soldier wounded in war or he had polio. But anyway, he walks around with like these crutches the whole time. Um, and he's just really good and really charming and makes you understand why Peggy Carter would feel a man is worthy of her. Uh, but it, it's, it's a good, it's good stuff. Yeah. I need to watch that show. Anyway, community. Yeah. This a plot. What was, what are your notes for this a plot? Kevin? It's, I, it's not even specifically this episode. It's that Shirley has so little agency in her own pregnancy subplot. That every time it comes up, it is either a Chang plot or a Jeff plot or both. And isn't this episode 90% better if it's about Shirley actually communicating with Chang or like not using Jeff as an intermediary? Because we don't we don't need Jeff at the center of every A story on this show. Like we're past that at this point. Right. That like Shouldn't any of these Shirley pregnancy episodes actually be about Shirley? Like, she gets the resolution at the end of the episode. But yeah, she just... I mean, I honestly she's a think quest they just didn't really know to what to Jeff. do with Shirley for so long. Well, like, this was their chance! Always, <laughs> I know, they've, but that's what I'm saying. They've always... <laughs> they've always struggled with Shirley, which, I mean, is, you know... It's not surprising. It's not surprising, it's that, not they, surprising. that this team struggled to write, you know, a, a complex black woman um, as a character in the show. She's got great moments, you know, and but they basically and use is her for good. bits. Yvette is always good. Always I- good. She's she's a she's a fucking rock. She does her damn job and she crushes it every time. But there's definitely a bit of a writing gap there. It's like they kind they write her for bits. She doesn't have much of a character, you know. For the longest time, they were like, oh, well, what's Shirley saying? She's like, oh, she's like a family mom. Like, that's her thing. But we don't know anything about her children. And then we see them for, like, one episode. In um, season one. And, and then they uh, they they are in. Even then. 
it's not about her relationship with her kids. It's yeah. about the relationship from her family and to, Abed's, to family. Abed's family. Right. And then we don't right. see them again until they're singing uh <laughs> they're singing a an a cappella cover of Radiohead's Freak in the Ass Crack Bandit episode. <laughs> like like these uh, Elijah and Jordan Freak are not big <laughs> characters. Um and I don't know. Like Maybe y'all feel differently about it, but this episode feels wrong because this should be about Shirley and Andre working with Chang, and instead it's about Jeff getting Chang to move off his couch. Am I off base? I don't know. But that's how it feels to me. Sure. You can still do the bit about the saws. It's a good bit. Like, I'm sick of confiscating saws. It's a good bit. But I... My favorite bit, I think, from this episode, honestly, is when he comes out of the cell, and he's like... I learned a lot. Did you know you can make an ashtray out of a cigarette that snitches forehead? And on, on <laughs> Shirley shakes her head, and Andre's like, "Yeah." She's like, "What?" It's Great. so good. It's very so funny. Subtle. I watched this twice this week to like make sure I like had notes and like, man, that's funny both times. And then it's immediately followed up with Chang coming out of the ducks and being like, "I'm sorry to you. Sorry to you, Officer Baby." <laughs> Another also, very funny bit. Gives him back his uh, running nipple guards. <laughs> he's like, here's your uh, pasties. And he's like, they're nipple guards. And he's like, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> nipple uh, guards must were like comedy du jour around this time. Because the, the office also the office does a does nipple guard bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with, with Andy's running nipple guards. And uh, <laughs> so that must have been something that was either new or like comedy writers just found out about it because it was no, the it hottest. Was a, it take. was a new. It was a new take on an old trope, which is like, I mean, you know, any. First of all, nipples for some reason have been fem- feminized. I don't know why. I have nipples. Culturally, Greg, can you milk me? <laughs> but the idea of like, you know, a man needing to protect his nipples is funny because we're laughing at a traditionally potentially feminine this episode goes hard on jeff's nipples because we also learn that jeff is into nipple play which is an important aspect (laughs) of his character (laughs) no Um, yeah we go really hard on jeff's nipples jeff nipples are really like the focus of attention they're very alert this episode i I mean honestly like we could we didn't have um oh my gosh what's his name the other one we we Vaughn. Vaughn. We didn't have Vaughn's nipples to make fun of. Thank you. Right, because Vaughn was on fucking NCIS New Orleans or some shit. Uh, okay. So we didn't we didn't have Vaughn's nipples to make fun of anymore, so it's Jeff's nipples time. We must simply make fun of someone's nipples. <laughs> but I, I don't know. The the, the A kinda <laughs> Uh, ground me down, but the B no notes. Very funny B plot with the <laughs> no notes. With ten the, out of ten. Ten out of ten. No notes. Uh, Jeff. Oh, my quote I now remember was going to be like uh, Britta's like elongated uh, uh, when she's machinating her plan in her. How about we do? <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. I think I think the reason why for me why this B plot works so well, it's actually even though I would love to see a lot of these things that are discussed as happened in the past, um, uh, the success of this episode is predicated on the idea that we've established Britta ruins all these friendships and they're potentially great friendships, and the one that we see confirms that, <clears throat> but it's the one that's actually the most complicated in that he's actually a fucking bad dude. Because, right. like, 
<laughs> you know, and it's just it's so fucking good, dude. It's because so the good. time she's like, no, I can't ruin their friendship. It's like, dude, you, you no, this is not, and like they're kind of a little bit disappointed that they didn't tell him. <laughs> she didn't tell. There's him. a difference between telling us that our friend likes nipple play or he likes to make hats out of babies. <laughs> <laughs> I also like how this plot suggests that these characters live rich, full lives when we're not around. Like, True. Britta is frequently Definitely. showing up and stealing possible new dude friends and boning them. Uh, I I love that, like, oh, okay, there's a suggestion that, like, there's a lot going on here that we don't see. And yeah, and that's, right. a, that's a subtle thing. That's and a I really fairly new it. development, too, in the show. That's not something that they really leaned into too much. You know, right. outside of the like, Abed has a separate plot de- point or, development that's or happening out there. Shirley's friend Gary, you know, like these <laughs> these people that we never see, uh, <laughs> right. but are alluded yeah, to. It sounds they, there's there's a little bit. It's you know, part of it is like, I mean, they've established it a little bit. They they have the room to play. I'm sure. I'm also sure that some of these have to do with having been on set for a season and a half plus mm-hmm. with these other actors, like. They probably come up with, like, inside jokes, and the characters are developed, and they've come up with, like, character stuff personally. And so they throw them around, and they make jokes, and then the writers hear them, and they're like, that's great. Let's play with that. Sounds and they cool. they have the freedom to either turn it into something or straight up just be like – or we could just, like, make a reference to their personal life and never address it. And it's it's really exciting because there's this new depth to the characters that only comes with time, and it's it's exciting to see that that's happening right in a pivotal moment. For I mean, we like we just had a run of some of the best episodes in like the whole show. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. There's the uh, a prime stretch, and I feel like these episodes almost kind of suffer because they're right in between some of the best episodes the show will ever do. So like. Perhaps time and resources or energy are being allocated to intermediate documentary filmmaking or critical film studies on either side of these two episodes, you know? (laughs) And so it's like, I don't know, we need to fill an episode, we gotta do something with the Shirley pregnancy storyline, so let's, I don't know, Chang something something, and, and that doesn't get the same attention as, like the elegant, intricate details of some of the episodes that surround these, you know? I mean, if there's one thing we know about contextually, the way that budgets in this show have worked, it's that they will sometimes throw all of their money at one thing and then try and figure out later on how do we stretch out our minimum budget to do a few more episodes, right? The the pillow fort and blanket fort documentary fight that was purely to save out of like, money <laughs> we don't have a budget we spent all of it and they made it work brilliant pastiche fabulous episode but like it just shows that like this is a show that had to make it work sometimes yeah and, and I, both I, I of these episodes pretty much entirely take place in locations we already know like the political science episode takes place entirely in sets that have already been built the lunchroom the study room the janitor's closet and um this episode with the exception of the police set which i guarantee is someone else's set that they just needed to film (laughs) this one scene in the in the interrogation room of like this episode also (laughs) takes place entirely on sets that already exist and yeah. that's fine. Like, that's something shows have to do. And I think 
other shows like fucking Arrested Development or whatever have spoiled us to like, oh, we're going to all these different places. But like, if you watch the first three seasons of Cheers, everything takes place in that bar, except for like, oh, here's two scenes in Sam's apartment. You know, we're not going. Look anywhere. at Friends. It's there's the two apartments and and the Central cafe, Park, and that's over basically and it over again. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that's fine. That's the process of making TV. So we're not we're not well, knocking it as have a negative. To do that sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and I I think these are both fine episodes. They're just not they're not all timers for me. Uh, but there's there's good bits in both of these episodes that I like a whole whole lot, and most of them are <laughs> Britta and Troy and Abed. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel about most episodes. I'm not even gonna lie to y'all. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, oh, there's other good a few stuff times in here. Jeff has his shit going. Pierce shows up for a little bit in this episode just to be an asshole to Vicky. Not this episode. Sorry, the last one. The political. Side in these it. two episodes, he shows up in the politics one. Is he even in this second one? He's at the the baby shower where he he talks about being Jewish person out is of around the time being able to say certain words. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And Jesus Andre's fuck. like, "Yo, you can't say that." <laughs> it's a good bit. Yeah, that's very funny. I forgot it. about that. This is totally yeah. around the time where they're like, "Can we just fucking get rid of Chevy?" Like they're actively just yeah. like trying to push I him feel, out. You know, at this point. So between. 21st century romanticism and intermediate documentary chevy was supposed to take an episode off you know he'd been asking for it for a long time they have him pass out from pills on a park bench with the intention that he will not appear in the next episode chevy finds out about this chevy gets mad about this that they're like writing him out of an episode and so he comes back in intermediate documentary fucking swinging like he kills that episode he really does and the episode doesn't work without him testing everyone in that way um and i i do think he also is good in the political science episode and and then he's absolutely he's gonna Mm -hmm. kill it again in the paintball finale and wait but so did he ask for a day uh an episode off or did they just want to give him one he had been kind of like threatening it for a while and they found out that like he was not contracted for as many episodes as this season was. He was like one episode short on his contract. Um, But for some reason he got mad when he found out he wasn't going to be in the next episode. So that's why we get the hospital documentary episode, like right after that. And, and he comes back with this sort of renewed zeal for the rest of this season uh, with Mm -hmm. uh, the Shirley's birth episode with the flashbacks episode, like, he kind of kills the back half of this season. And it's, I think, because he was angry and he was trying to prove something. But that doesn't mean he was any better to work with. So, like, by the I time we... I highly doubt he was better to work with. <laughs> right. So by the time we get into season three and, like, he's with the main cast as little as they can possibly make him, um, yeah. this is sort of, like, the real swan song for this character until season four, which I think does some good work in the Pierce department. (laughs) Like accomplishes Mm. some legitimately tricky stuff with that character in some episodes. Yeah. Uh, But Mm. anyway, that's, that's the state of the chase at at this point in the show. Shall we segue into rankings? Let us. 
Thank you. Sorry, tomato I've been uh, rambling so much this episode. I'm going to ignore what you just said, Jace. I'm going to ignore. I just broke Caleb again. I will not give you the time of day. Except you have already by saying such. Damn it. Uh, <coughs> the first end tag we're going to rank is uh, Abed's <laughs> date, quote unquote, with Secret Service member, uh, which is. I should say date. When you're coughing, less. Because it sounded like you said, I bet taint. And I was going to have issues. The first tag we shall rank is Abed's taint. Whoa. <laughs> I, I, to explain myself, the reason I just started cackling is because every time you open this list and the words Dr. Doogie Seacrest <laughs> are right there in front of me, it always fucking sends me. I don't know why it's I'm Dr. Diggy Seacrest. Just kills me. No. It's this, a good bit. That's why it's still in our top ten. It's, still, it's a great bit. It's a good bit. I just for me, this one, the one we're talking about, the 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 the, the date. Abed's taint. Um <laughs> it's 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 less funny and more genuinely touching and cute. It's and really like cute. <laughs> It's silly. It's not funny. It's silly and cute, and I love it. I if if it were a teddy bear, I would spend so much money on it. It would just bring such joy and comfort to my life. Absolutely. I I don't even know where because how would you rank it? Because it's versus it's, it's like totally oh Christmas Troy. Right. Like, where does it relate to these or other? The Pierce Poop rap. Like how? Oh, do it's you not better than that. It's not better than that. <laughs> No, it's not. But how do you compare? Like <clears throat> he has a big poop breakfast with a glass of it's like, it's like it's like like Abed speaking into a lamp a lampshade. You know how does that compare to Troy just going slut? Like you can't. They're two. They're very different. They're different animals, and unfortunately, we must. I'm afraid that we must. Hmm. I'm sorry. I just need to point out that like you saying Abed's taint. Fucked me up the whole time Jace was discussing whether or not this deserved to go anywhere. You've never thought about time... the taint, have you? No, no, because every time they kept saying, like, it's cute and I want to spend all my money on it, I kept Abed's thinking about taint a taint. is cute, I want to spend yeah. all my money on it. <laughs> and Jace, I know that's not what you were doing, but well, how, my how do you stupid know? fucking you brain. No, I don't know. You don't I honestly know me. don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, hey, both hands are up already. I do not have any right to say what you meant. I would spend a thousand dollars on And I'd do it again. Fucking time you did it. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, sure. I, we can talk about taints. That's fine. Because my brain's just dead right now. So, so, I, so the question is, do we rank? Because so much of this has been like, which one gets us the most? Which one's the uh-huh. fucking funniest? And this one isn't the funniest one by a long shot. No. It is less funny than probably all of them. But it's, I love it. It's really nice, and I really I like it. Yeah. So like it kind of. I don't know. We're kind of. It gives me the warm fuzzies in my in my in my in my in my heart. Abed's taint puts a warm fuzzy feeling in my heart in a similar <laughs> sense. Abed's to taint Christmas is so story. sweet. <laughs> Why did that get me? Sweet is not the word I would because use to describe it. I'm hoping that fault, will Jason. end Fuck it. You. I am hoping Kevin, you're this... bisexual. You should know that taints are not sweet. No, they're not sweet, but like, I don't know. <laughs> they salty. Caleb, your child cannot ever listen to this podcast. 
I can't wait until she does. <laughs> when when she stumble onto Daddy's computer. What's yeah. a what's a tape? Fucking know me. <laughs> it anyway. <laughs> what an episode! It, 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 it tickles uh, me in a similar sense to how Oh Christmas Troy gives me a nice form was he. That's kind of what was, I was looking at. Was nice around Oh Christmas was Troy. Was he feeling? <laughs> If y'all, if y'all do not get your collective shit together, I'm going to rank this without you. Kevin, <laughs> this is your fucking fault, so calm you down. Started, with your you queen and slim fucking anecdote, <laughs> this whole episode I, is I, off the rails. I do think I... You just fucking blew it off I the do rails think I kind of ruined the episode. <laughs> As you should, because you did. Well, next I week, literally... uh, moratorium on queen and slim talk after that. We're done. <laughs> Don't say. <laughs> Kevin, I don't think any of us were intending to. No, we were talking about movies of Black Cruise. I did not bring up <laughs> Queen and Slim. I did not. That I was not did. me. And Thanks. it was in a conversation. You're right, Kevin. You didn't bring it up, but you're the one that fucking went there. <laughs> Someone needed to say it. So no, no, nobody actually no. and not from an actuarial standpoint. One no. of us needed to. And it was Kayla it fell on me. The duty fell to me. The duty of Abed Saint fell to me. Boy did you make duty out of it. That's right. Um yeah, so uh if you didn't like uh, this episode, so right sorry. Now. Um hmm. <laughs> oh, Christmas uh, Troy in the mornings. I am looking in this in this area around maybe a puppy parade oh okay um in this network oh interest uh, you know what uh, puppy parade is actually kind of similar in that it's not like super funny but it's a nice warm i it's definitely above puppy parade for me because i think it makes me feel better than puppy parade show, makes me feel show, show. Hmm. Hmm. papa do I want Abed to be happy with the Secret Service lady more than I want him to be happy on this morning TV show? That's what this comes down. To. Mm. Mm. What if it, what if it comes what if down? I just to... Bifurcated it and split it between split Rich. The and That's exactly I what that. I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, and that, dear listeners, is how you compromise. Date with Secret <laughs> Service. Is what we're gonna. We are egalitarian. We're gonna shorthand this, and then the second uh, completely forgettable end tag is, uh, "Oh, look at all these screens today. We don't talk to anyone. We're just looking at screens." Wait, what is this end tag? It's all of them sitting around the table, looking at phones or computers, completely silently, until Abed <laughs> said, "This was fun," and we're leaving. This was fun. So I don't. Good. I don't like this one. This is, we're looking at like Dildopolis level for me, baby. It's less than. I love this one because it's. It happens to me so much. Yeah. Well, not anymore because you know, the world's ended. Sure. But like back before, <laughs> it, it was the end times. It feels like old people being mad that we all have so many screens. That's how it feels to me. You're not wrong. <laughs> Which one is Trader Audition? It's our last one right now. They are auditioning for Starburns to be in the study. same study group as Jack Black and Owen Wilson. Oh, whoa. I think we're... I, I think, actually, it would I be my... I think we're above that one, actually. You think I so? I think this okay. one does... I think it does... Which one's crossword? They're doing a crossword, and the answers are the study group's names. Oh. This is about the same level of 
Huh. I, for me. I think I like this one better because the... I, mm, it is it is it is below Dildopolis. It is between Dildopolis and Crossword for me. It's that's the chunk. Somewhere in there, a thirty-seven, a thirty. I will I will I will give this Entag this. The like shot where they're like circling around to every member of the study group. That's deceptively hard to pull off and they pull it off very smoothly. And you know, that's that's some that's some technical aspects I must give them credit for. Yeah, for sure. I guess that's better than YMC Chang. So under Dildopolis, let's put. Fucking, yeah, I could be. I could so be down with low it. right now. Put put a, put Abed's taint under Dildopolis. Are you seriously calling it Abed's taint? No, no, it's just a different one. Yeah, it's this a is a different one. one even uh, he's just oh, bringing he, it up he, to antagonize screens, me. Screens, man, <laughs> screens. That's what this one is called. Screens, man, screens. Screens, wow, man, screens. This is written in fucking code. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jace. What would you call that? What, <laughs> what would you what? call it? <laughs> I never said I was any better at it. Hold on. And we need to address the just indignity that Kev came at you with I'm just sorry. There. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chase. What would I'm you sorry. call what it? What would you <laughs> What's the most we've been dating for six years and wish we hadn't been voiced? This I've is this is either, and I, I swear this on the fucking Holy Bible, this is either the best or worst episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> I earnestly don't know. I'll get back to you when I'm editing this on, like, Monday. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, did you ever find that thing I said that was glad nobody paid attention to last episode? Uh, oh, it. Yeah, it was, a little, it was a little muffled. It was something about wanting to be the beam between Jake Gyllenhaal and Henry Cavill. <laughs> it was something about you <laughs> yeah. wanting them to Eiffel Tower you. <laughs> I didn't remember it. That's very funny. That's very funny. Uh, and, like, now my dog. Who daughter can't listen to this? Who wouldn't? I mean, like I ask the you. I, <laughs> that's it. I, I ask you, it. who wouldn't want that to happen? Okay, you did hear it. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found it. I found it. Yeah. All, right. Uh, all, right. all right, I missed it. Oh, reveal for me. Jiminy Jillikers, the episode <laughs> rankings. Um, all right, we're starting did you with say Jiminy Jillikers. I did. Oh I yeah, we are tired. We are clearly yeah, we are, sleep deprived. We are worn out. We're we're 25 weeks into a fucking quarantine. Yeah, we have it's... every right to be. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. Insert the, the fucking gif from Antichrist where the fox says chaos reigns. Uh, so, <laughs> political science. I'm <sighs> looking on here, and it's not... I may be looking at the new number 25 below romantic expressionism above aerodynamics of gender. I'm somewhere in this so, those are romantic expressionism is i've explained this episode to you literally 100 I times i, I can um, tell I, I always forget this one is they the group is watching kick <laughs> puncher go, kev just being cool and describing it for them instead the, yeah, of just kev, making them feel like a complete okay i literally i had a descriptive tag after this episode that said what it was because i explained it to jace so many times and i took it off prior to this recording and i regret that immediately <laughs> guarantee you kev took it off because the last time he looked at it thought this is a little passive aggressive <laughs> and then, no, that and, been then so and then you asked anyway like, and so he I just gave you the passive aggressive so that watch it all, all right dying. you can see me typing right, watching kick dying. puncher <laughs> uh <laughs> troy likes annie 
is what happens uh, in that episode. Um, gotcha. Thank you. And then that there, because romantic expressionism does not fucking sound like that. It's not very descriptive. You're right. And that aerodynamics <laughs> of gender is the secret trampoline slash Hillary Duff. Weird ass. Those are the two things that happened. I would actually. I would put this one slightly below aerodynamics of gender. Yeah, because I the Joshua's racist reveal is better than anything in this episode. But I'd probably put it above drug play. Probably celebrity pharmacology. Oh. Ooh, thinking about doing a little lower. No, lower than celebrity. I didn't even think about that. Pharmacology. Shank. Shank's performance in Celebrity it's Pharmacology very good. is it's very good. It's so good. Yeah. So then we're on to Psychology of Letting Go. Pierce's mom dies, and the girls have a little oil wrestling fight. This can go above that one for me. Papa? Is that also the one where they carpool with fake Jesus? No. We haven't gotten to that episode yet. You've you've done that exact same confusion before. <laughs> you've done. Wait, I thought that was the same episode as Pierce's mom died. No, that's uh, studies in modern movement. Hashtag Annie's move. Okay, so Kevin just fucking hates us. This oh episode. no, <laughs> I don't hate you. What I do is I mix that up because because in the episode where Pierce's mom dies, there Troy and Jeff. Mm-hmm. And Pierce are in a car. Are in a car, and there are not a lot of scenes on this show that takes place with characters driving in a car. And I mean that seriously. Like there are. I conflate that. Troy's twenty-first birthday. What did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. With uh, Troy, the move, and and Pierce's mom dying. That's like the only card. Um, Okay, so I'm I'm fine with this. AFC spaceship. Right. Technically in a. Technically in a car. Technically in a car. Uh, all right, so uh, 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 politics uh, above that, but below uh, drug play for everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. S two E seventeen intro to chill, chill. political science. Now this one, I the the next one, uh, custody law. I don't know where this one's gonna go. It's probably about the same for me, honestly. I could. Mm. I could maybe squeak it a little higher. Yeah, I like it more than political science. I probably do. I don't like it better than celebrity pharmacology, though. So maybe it's Dang. just above it. Dang. All right. That works for me. SUE 18, custody law and Eastern European diplomacy. Community, get your episode titles under control, please. And thank <laughs> you. Okay. you I think at some point we would decide on a scoring rubric that would make this so much easier you, than you mean like at, because it's going to get worse it's only going to get it worse it is only it going to get worse are you talking about like okay say for instance all right everything uh, east uh, early 21st century romanticism and up is the a section is that kind of what you're describing no, I mean like a quantifiable as we're going through the episode, giving points to <clears throat> things the episode does, and then putting that on a plot chart that puts it in a spot. And I'm not saying the, I'm not saying that as like a we literal should scoring system. I'm saying we've missed out on our opportunity to do this. Oh, I see. It's past <laughs> tense. It, dust in the I'm wind. Not, I'm not potentially instill one now. moving forward we, and just kind of. Yeah, you don't think we could instill one moving forward and just kind of like retroactively guess for the rest of them, like take, like no, no, do a score. No, I, I also, th- I think the scoring system is handy when we had like 
oh, physical education versus comparative religion. They're both excellent episodes, and we literally was like, okay, which characters have a better plot in each one, and like mathematically right. determined it. I don't, I don't know if I'm right. all right with that for like every single one. Um, but it, yeah, it's it's handy in a pinch. On the games that I review, so I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I'm it fine does with kind like, of betray the chaos that we've found ourselves so wonderfully placed in absolutely i i mean the chaos is part of it at this point like the chaos is endemic to the three of us being on a microphone together this one was perhaps a little more chaotic than most but (laughs) it's it's also not as grossly out of character as we think it is (laughs) while we're recording it um oh my goodness excellent so uh segueing nicely into the plugs section Uh, I have been a bad uh, podcast guest, and I haven't plugged my appearances on other shows um, on this show. So uh, to do that, I was on an episode of Bitter Jurors, uh, where they talk about uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. And I was on an episode of that a few weeks back. You can find that. I talked about The Storm, which is an excellent episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, I was also on an episode Mm. of the AP Bio podcast, talking about uh, the excellent now Peacock original show, AP Bio. Uh, so you can check me out on a very recent episode of that. And I will uh, cut my plugs off there. Also watch uh, Gillian Jacobs's directorial efforts. They're all free right now. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> do yourselves a favor. I'll try and link them in the show notes. And uh, yeah, check them out. That's all for me. I, just, I, I don't think I have any plugs right now. <laughs> I'm so delusional. I don't know what it is. No, I feel you. About it's just there's something about this week that's just kind of losing. You know what it is? It's because I've spent the past three days nonstop reformatting a script that I've been working on for over a year, and I've been up late and then waking up early for work and doing that. My brain's not working. Follow me on Instagram or Twitter at j a c e n z i e v. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Daddy? <laughs> uh, one of these days it will not hit me like a sack of bricks. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. You can find me wherever you want to find me, man. I'm being weird. Yeah, at Lubwub on Twitter. I make game stuff because I'm a huge fucking nerd, dude. Nerd? And, uh, chill. Like, that's it, dude. I'm like a bro and a nerd at the same time. I realize as right. I grow up. I played baseball and I drank kombucha. <laughs> yeah, dog. You're just, you're, uh, as Miley Cyrus sang, you're the best of both worlds. Uh, tune in next week. It applies um, to my skin color. Well, that's true. Uh, tune in next week where we are talking about two of the weirdest fucking episodes this show will ever do. And I'm very excited about it. These are interesting episodes to talk about. And, uh, and normally I would ask you to rate and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts. This might not be the best episode to do it immediately after. So, like, <laughs> wait until one where we're, like, very focused and insightful and direct. And then this is the episode the that while recording it, we're like, this might ruin us. But then later when we do a panel, people are like, this is our favorite one. Yeah, 100%. Because it's just like, oh, it's God, fucking Is that how nonsense. this works? Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I think God. so. Sometimes, like, you want people to like 
the really academic ones that you put a lot of work into that you're proud of what you said and actually the ones that people like are the ones where you laugh about doo-doo farts for like five minutes and it's just it's <laughs> you said doo-doo farts yeah exactly and that's just <laughs> right. the way of it i'm afraid uh so i don't know if communicon ever comes back and we we go and we do something uh i can't wait to hear about fucking queen and slim oh boy <laughs> I just... I'm, I'm, I'm so... Can't fucking... I would like to formally apologize to everybody that listens to this podcast for <laughs> my accidental um, introduction of perhaps one of the worst things that's ever happened to this show. <laughs> What's me describing the plot of a movie I saw? <laughs> how, oh. did that, how did that get us? Somehow it did. Uh, but until next week, we shall say... <laughs> Pop, pop. A pop, pop. <laughs> that's honestly the perfect rendition to send off this particular episode of the show my god This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show.